It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Janke and I'm joined today by Rachel Coonrad. Rachel is a weight-inclusive, healthy-at-every-size aligned coach who helps women create lives they are passionate about via practices of self-compassion, self-care, gentle nutrition, joyful movement, and spiritual connection. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Chris, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. Me too. Fill in any, any any gaps that I missed about your, your biography, who you are, how you got into this, and who you help. Yeah, like many of us, I was raised in good old diet culture that told us that thin equaled healthy. Did my hardest to, to do that for myself, and I believed that I just couldn't be healthy, even though I was a runner, even though I did triathlons, even though I was the person that everyone in my life turned to for nutritional advice, I felt like I wasn't healthy. I wasn't allowed to be healthy because I was heavier than other people and in a bigger body. And yeah. And over time, I just thought this is ridiculous. Who cares? (laughs) I will be honest, uh, it was actually doing triathlon that kind of pushed it over the edge for me. I remember there were no triathlon suits for women in my size. I had to wear men's things, which, you know, are perfectly adequate, not very cute. And, you know, had to get the biggest wetsuit that there was that was a woman's size and squeeze my way into it. And when you are standing at the edge of the water in your suit and you are feeling (laughs) like we're told we're supposed to feel like I wish I could disappear, but you can't because you are there in a wetsuit. And it was like, I don't even care. Mm. Everything I want to do is on the other side of me caring about this or worrying about this. I just want to dive into the water. I just want to get going on this race. I just want to have a good time. And I want to stop feeling like that's not for me. Like I'm clawing my way in here. And so slowly, I just started to really think about how I wanted to live my life. Do I want to waste the rest of my life measuring out my peanut tablespoons full? Do I want to waste my life worrying about, oh, if I go for a run, it will burn this many calories. And none of it was working. My body just wanted to be my body. And and then I finally found some self-compassion tools And as soon as I started just accepting myself and loving myself and giving myself all of that love and compassion I was giving to everybody else, I'm just me. And uh, and I just. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. (laughs) So you were. Like, it's just like. Go. (laughs) It's just, you just want everybody to feel that way. Everybody who's, yeah, I'd take up running. I don't, you know, I don't want to be out there and be fat and it's get out there, do it, live your life. Life is too 
short. Yeah. Expletive yeah. short. To Two expletive short. Yeah. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I think we're on a delay. Like you'll say something and then we'll say there's like a little zoom delay right now. So apologize if it's like interrupting. I this so this is very interesting to me. You were already doing triathlons. You're already like the healthy eater that your friends go to with all their healthy eating questions. And you just, the outside doesn't maybe look like the other triathletes and no big deal because in triathlon, I'm pretty sure they don't say, okay, the requirement is you have to do the bike ride in this much time. You have to do the run in this much time, the swim in this much time. Oh, and you have to fit into this outfit. That's not a requirement. So you were just tired of that extra sort of judgment that, that either you placed on yourself or other people placed on you or, or a combination of both maybe. So what, how does this manifest in the, the people that you work with? What kinds of, what are some things that come up with people who start to work with you as a coach? This is my favorite part. <laughs> this is where people come to you and they're like, they want to believe it. They want to believe that they can just live their lives and they don't have to bow down to diet culture. They don't have to measure out their food. They, they really, they want to believe it. And then when you start talking to them and that little light goes on that they, they just get to do what makes them happy and supported and feel good and not worry about what their meat house looks like. Like, we're just here and have the opportunity to live these amazing lives. And when you tell women, you get to do this, you have permission to love yourself and take care of yourself. We cannot adopt healthy habits for a person that we don't love. We cannot make those things stick. If we do not have the compassion and love and acceptance for ourselves, we'll never be able to make those things stick. And when you have the chance to tell someone you get to do this, this is for you, the supportive nutrition, the finding movement that makes you happy and that you love. So your body gets going. Like when you tell them, it really is that simple, like that beautiful light comes on that oh, this is for me. This gets to be for me. It's not just for someone who's a size two. It's for them. It's for me. It's for everyone. And that beautiful moment where they accept the possibility that it doesn't have to be, okay, I'll be okay when I have dieted my way to this weight or when I, I have trained for a marathon or something huge. It just gets to be every day, beautiful I love myself and I accept who I am. And I just want to do things that make me feel good. I want to eat food that makes me feel good. I want to move in ways that make me feel good. I want to give myself all the love and compassion and self-care that there is and, and make connection with your higher self, with whatever is deeply meaningful for you. Because ultimately, that's the biggest deal is like, what is important? what it makes this world important to you. What is your higher power, your belief of why we're here? Like it isn't to measure your peanut butter by the tablespoonful. I'll right. tell you that. Yeah. It's almost, uh, I'm thinking the difference between like intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic, right? Like you're talking about being healthy for how it feels. 
I feel good doing this, so I'm going to do it versus what the outcome is. And you mentioned, you, you said these words, you said, I pride myself out of the jaws of diet culture after way too many years sacrificing at its altar. And I became a coach so I could grab as many women as I can and bring them out to live in true health. What do you think it is about diet culture that keeps pulling people back in? Because there's always a new fad or a new weight loss thing that promises these crazy results and people just fall into it. What do you think, what do you think that is? So much of our culture in general is based around how you present, what you look like. And once folks figured out, okay, this is what we want everybody to look like. It's not like there was some big cabal that got together and had a meeting, but there, there becomes over time, this is what's acceptable. This is what's attractive. This is what we want people to look like. And to be honest, it's an ever-changing mark. It used to be hundreds of years ago, people who looked like me were beautiful and attractive because we looked healthy. We had plenty to eat. And that changes over time. And as it changes, it becomes this mark you can never, ever, maybe you can for a time. I've lost more weight. If I had kept off all the weight I've lost in my lifetime, I would be non-existent at this point. I've lost weight. I've been in a smaller body and you know what? It didn't make me any happier. I, I, I still felt like I could still lose some more weight. I could still lose some more body fat. I could still, there's always this stuff and it keeps us, it's something to chase after. It's something yeah. to keep chasing after and, and, and it keeps us all spinning on our little hamster wheels instead of being big and bold and living our lives. Um, I really think it's just, it's something that we use people in smaller bodies can use it to keep people in larger bodies from, I don't want to look at you. I want you to be over here until you lose weight and become acceptable and you can come over here. And they don't mean to do that, but what we look at all the time becomes what we prefer, right? So if you keep looking at magazine images that say, this is the body type you're supposed to be in, and we're all looking at the same thing, then we're all trapped in that same place of, Either A, I am afraid that no one will love me if I don't get smaller, or you're smaller and you're terrified of gaining weight. Like for a lot of people, the worst thing you could be is fat. Like really? In a world of war and famine and anxiety and these big, huge things, and that's what we're worried about? Right. It keeps us, maybe it just keeps us from worrying about the big things because we're scared to worry about the big things. So we worry about all these little small things and it just keeps us on our hamster wheel. That's a good kind of metaphor because the hamster wheel. And I think there's something to that. If you're worried, if you're so worried about being fat or you're so worried about these very small little problems, then yeah, you're not thinking about necessarily the, that bigger picture or big things like, our mortality that we're all going to die one day and let's make the most of this life and like big things like that. So you're worried about fitting into a size two when, you know, right now you're a size four, I don't know, whatever it is. But I think, yeah, regardless of what the outside looks like, I think you've hit the nail on the head with it's more, more feeling driven, right? Like how you feel about yourself. And it's more like habit driven versus outcome driven. 
Is that pretty accurate as far as how you look at it as well? How you look at health? Yeah, absolutely. To me, those externals, those are the things that we can chase after for a while. And we can like, we're all little good doobies and we can fit into that for a while, but it's all, what are people looking at me thinking, right? It's all bikini season and it's all the, the wedding dress. It's all trying to fit into somebody else's idea of what you should be or look like. And when we're extrinsically motivated, it doesn't stick. It can't stick because we're trying to please other people instead of trying to please ourselves and make ourselves feel good. And, you know, it, and I want to come back and touch on something that you just said, because I really think it stops us from thinking about our our mortality in a real way, because you think about it every day, you, you know, pick up your phone and look at the newsfeed and it's always, okay, if you eat like this, basically the implication is you'll live forever, right? Here are the superfoods to eat so you won't get sick. And it's like that, that can't happen. We're all going to die. And trying to foist it off. It also means people with chronic illness can't be healthy because they're, they have disease in their body. If we're trying to fight disease and that's the being healthy, that can't be the model. Can't be what you look like because that really doesn't have, you know, that huge of an impact. It really is about what's going to make you feel fired up, good, ready to jump out of bed in the morning. And for me, take the patriarchy in the ass, get the, pardon me. Can I say ass? Sure. <laughs> it's about living bigger lives. I am also a, uh, I'm also a spiritual director. So spirit is incredibly important to me. Yeah and how we connect with what really matters in life. That's what's important. Not, yeah. oh, I better get into my bikini so I look good for everyone else on the beach and not worrying about how I feel. So what do you recommend to somebody who, like up here in their head, they believe you. They think, okay, Rachel definitely has a point. I want to move more in this direction, being more connected to my spirit, not caring as much about just the appearance or not trying to conform to what the dieters tell me I need to do. Somebody who intellectually gets it, but really wants to live it. What's, what are some of the steps that person can take? One of the biggest things, and a, a lot of people find this cheesy or will this really work? One of the biggest things is affirmation like really choosing things to tell yourself because we're telling ourselves things all the time. We're always telling ourselves, Oh, you, you dummy, you didn't do that. Oh my gosh, look at you. You don't look like you're supposed to look the, all of that picking at your flaws in the mirror. Like we're telling our things, ourselves things all the time. And it is interrupting those things that we've been telling ourselves and choosing new things to start telling ourselves. And like this is literally standing in the mirror, looking at yourself and talking to yourself. And people are like, oh, is that really going to work? But over time, it really does. These little shifts, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story. When I first brought self-compassion into my life, like everyone else, I would make a mistake or do a thing and be like, oh my gosh, you, pardon me, dumbass. How could you do that? And it's, you drop something you forgot to pick something up. It was like these little things. And so I'm like, what can I do to interrupt this for myself? And so instead of that, I chose to say, you are not, you are a hue mass as in 
just a human being. You are just a human. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> I love it. it made me laugh every time. And, and it broke the cycle because it was something that once I started just jokingly telling myself that it really started to stick because the humor helped me. But once we really start to flip that script and it really can be as simple as here's this affirmation, look yourself in the eye in the mirror and say, it doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I love my body. I'm going to take all my clothes off and take pictures for Instagram and love myself. We start small. It's just, yeah, I deserve. Yeah. You can't lie to yourself. And, and yeah, like what you were about to say, it sounds like I deserve and something that is a little softer, it's not like, I am the greatest, whatever. Like, then you're, the other part of your mind's like, uh, BS, no, you're not, right? If it's too big, but just something like, I deserve to be happy. That's a great affirmation. Mm-hmm. I, and I want to chime in about affirmations because I talk to people about this actually quite frequently about how we change with repetition. So we mentioned triathlons before. If you want to run a tri- if you want to do a triathlon, what do you do? You run a lot, you swim a lot, you bike a lot. You condition your body into getting better at these things and then you can do a triathlon. And nobody would ever expect that hey, I've never run a day in my life. I want to run a triathlon next weekend. So I'm going to go out for a 1-mile run today and then I'll be good. No, that just that doesn't make any sense. You have to really condition and that's the same thing with affirmations so i've told people this and i've heard my clients they come back to me and they say different things they've done they say they did it every every morning when they woke up for five minutes every morning and one thing i've told people is try setting a timer every two hours and just do three affirmations every two hours take a minute and do that whatever it takes it doesn't have to be structured but it does have to be repetitive because like you said you're telling yourself things every day anyway your conscious mind can deliberately choose what it's telling itself and then you can repeat 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 until it's just autopilot and pretty soon it's just what you tell yourself automatically right yeah absolutely and starting small like that and just building that habit of just this small thing, I'm just gonna start here. Really, it really makes such a huge difference. But what we focus on grows, right? If we focus on the negative, we just feel more negative because we're primed to look at it. When we start shifting our mind to focus on something that is neutral, like I deserve to to be happy in this body, um, not, oh my gosh, I love myself so much, but, but we can build from there, right? Just you don't for most folks this is where we fall down when it comes to our health we decide oh my gosh i've been eating cheeseburgers for five thousand years so now i'm going to suddenly eat perfectly every day five vegetables at every meal and we fall down because no one can sustain that but today i'm going to add some vegetables to dinner and i'm going to do that for a few days and then build from there that's exactly that's exactly how we build any other healthy habit, like you were just saying. So exactly. I like what but you that, said. Yeah. Build the healthy, you're slowly, right? You're turning the Titanic around slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that, that I really tried to hammer home with my clients is that it really is just about these small things that we start and build on. We don't have to 
go out and um, start training for a marathon or start eating perfect every single meal of every day, but really is about, it's about where you want to go. If you want to start training for a marathon, eventually, great. If you just want to take a walk every day and be out in nature and feel awe, that's great too. Where do you want to get to? Because our health journeys are as unique as we are. And so we can build something that is sustainable for us and is, is us driven. Where do we want to go? What do we want to build? What does health look like? for you. It's different than what it looks like for me. It's what's supportive. What do you want to bring in? That's going to make you, like I said, just want to jump out of bed and be like, yep, I want to take on the day because I feel so good. That's awesome. Uh, That's very cool. Yeah. What does health look like for you? I like that message. Rachel, I'm going to have you conclude the show with a keynote speech, motivational speech to a graduation uh, commencement ceremony. You've been called in to give the motivational talk to the new graduates, these young adults, and your topic is how I think you can get the most out of your life. So we can go even bigger picture, bring in some of that spirituality, and what would you tell these graduates how they can get the most out of their lives? You are going to get the most out of your life when you understand what you value, what's important, what's really important to you. Not what everybody's told you is important. You have to figure that out for yourself. You are made of the stuff of stars. You are more than, I got to get small for bikini season. That is, that is fleeting and so unimportant. But what is important to you, the meaning that you bring to your life, you living your authentic self, being full of joy, that makes the world better. When we are all our authentic selves, not what we expect are expected to be or what everybody told us we should look like or do or how we should eat. When you are expressing your values, when you are living as your real self, not the self you were told to be, but your real self, the self that just, I don't really love drinking smoothies in the morning. I don't really love salad. You get to be that. You get to do that. You don't owe anyone a healthy life. No matter what everybody tells you, oh, you better eat this. You better do that. You don't owe anyone a healthy, eat cheeseburgers till you puke. I don't care. But if you want to live a life that is meaningful to you, when you tap into, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? It isn't to measure out your peanut butter by the t- tablespoon. So you're not eating too much. That is not why you're here. You are here to live out. You're made of stars, unique. No one else is like you. Beautiful life. That's what you're here for. When you figure out what you're supposed to be doing and who you really are, we are all going to be so much better because you are living your authentic life, not whatever somebody else told you was the roadmap. You've got your own journey and that is beautiful. Nice. I love what you said. You don't owe anybody a healthy life. It makes it a choice. It makes it your decision is your decision and you're not doing it because the billboards told you to, or you want to fit in whatever. Cool. Rachel, how do people get in touch with you? 
I'm always on Instagram, so you can follow me there if you like. It's at New Leaf Wellness and Nutrition, as in turn over a new leaf. And uh, that's also my website, newleafwellnessandnutrition.com. And uh, you can check me out there and Facebook too. And uh, the same at New Leaf Wellness and Nutrition. What else? I do have a YouTube channel, but you can search for me there with that same name. I think that's about it. Perfect. Again, this is Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke, joined today by Rachel Coonrad. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Chris. It was a pleasure being with you. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World show. Make sure to balance.com to learn more.